Okay, Boker Tov. Okay, Boker Tov. Today's daf is daf Yud Dalit in Shkolem. Daf Yud Dalit. We'll pick it up from uh, Ben Gever. About a third of the way down, there's a two dots there in some editions. Ben Gever, uh, we again, again, we learned for a four shlemah for Tova Miriam Basdvora Mindel. <clears throat> the Mishnah had said, the Mishnah back on your, gal, on your Gimel yesterday's daf said that there were uh, about, I think, 15 different appointees for various functions in the base of Migdash. And, uh, and it goes through listing, the Gemara now lists what, in detail what they each did. So the, Mish, the Gemara says here, Ben Gever, that was his name, the son of man, al Nil Hashem, he was in charge of opening and closing the temple gates. Tirgum Rav Kume, Rav Kume, the base of Shila, Rav Kamei, the base of Shila, either that was, uh, he was in, in, in that area, in Rav Kamei, the base in other words, in front of the base of Rav Shila, Kora Gavra, Achriz Kruza. He he's read it like this, that Kora Gavra, what does Kora Gavra mean? Kora Gavra, it's a Gemara in Yuma that mentions that, uh, in other words, the Gemara over there says that uh, what is the what's, what is it when it says Kragavra? He means Achras Kruza, the person who called out uh, Cruz, like we have in, in the mission. The mission listed that after the person Nilsa Shalom, or, or rather before Ben Gever Al Nilas Sharm, it said before there Gvine Cruz. Gvine called out. He was the one who called out and said, you know, call on him, rise up, and it's time to do the work. Like you know, let's get let's get going. So um, he says here that um, uh, that the, when the Gemara said elsewhere, I think it's a Gemara in Yuma that um, uh, that uh, it, it says there that there was when you heard the Kriyas Hagever when they called out time to come, people were already with the the Azar was full of people already. So Rav t- interpreted that. It, Rav interpreted that in, in front of the house, the base of Shila. He couldn't. What does what does it mean, Kra Gavra? He meant that Achras Kruza, that Kruza, this guy, uh, you know, Gvina Kruza, called out, that, Kruza, that he called out and said, it's time to get up. Amale, they told him, uh, Amor, maybe Krotarnagla, maybe Achras Kruza means, that, you know, when the, when the rooster, when the rooster, uh, you know, wakes up everybody in the morning, uh, maybe that's what it means. You know, it doesn't mean the call of, the, of a person, but maybe it means when the rooster, you know, goes, quack, 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 you know, Michael, what is that called when he does that? Crows. <laughs> he crows when the rooster crows, right? <laughs> when he crows. So uh, maybe that's when, uh, that's what it means. Amalei, Vatanina, and Ben Gever. He uh, says over here that Ben Gever, are you going to say, if you say that Gavra Achras means, if you say that Kro Gavra means that the Tarnagol crowed, not a person, so, so uh, Gavra means that the Tarnagol, so you're going to say that Gavra means a Tarnagol, a, a rooster? It says Ben Gever. Uh, ben Gever was in charge of the gates, as we just said. Can you say that, a, that this, uh, the son of a rooster uh, was in charge of the gates? Obviously, it doesn't mean that. So when we say over here, uh, Gavra, Gavra does not mean... Uh, a rooster. It could be used in, in that term, but it doesn't mean it over here. Krogavra means that the person called out. So that was the, the Gvina Cruz called out. And the Gemara over there in Yuma says Krogavra. It also means called out. It can't mean uh, a Tarnagol. Uh, ben Babi Alapkiva, he was in charge of the wick. Shayim Mazayeg Silos. He would uh, 
he would make the wicks. He would, uh, you know, wrap them, he would make, form the wicks and braid them, etc., uh, that were used in the menorah. Yossi al Lekufra, he went to that place. And he wanted, uh, he wanted to appoint there Parnassim. Parnassim means leaders of the city. People who are responsible for the various functions in the city, uh, you know, leaders of the, of the uh, not just of the city, of the, of the Jewish community, uh, you know, to collect uh, taxes, to pay the rabbis, and to take care of the various functions, Sifrei Torah, all the things that, the, you know, the communal matters. So he went to that city, and he wanted to appoint some people from the city, nobody wanted to accept the appointment, nobody wanted to take it upon themselves. Too much work. All of Amr Kamehameha, and he went in front of them, he said, listen, it says Ben Babi al this man was in charge of just making wicks. This man, who was just in charge of making wicks, you see what, what credit he got? He was listed among the, leader, uh, uh, the leaders of the generation. Those were the 15 people who were in charge of the various functions, the appointees in the base of English. If just a person making wicks got this credit, he was credited among these great people. So, certainly, you have to take care of communal matters. If they're, you know, when we say communal matters, it's not just Sefer uh, Torah, getting rabbis, feeding the poor. Uh, you know, you had to take care of all the community matters. Uh, very few cities have a, uh, you know, that it was like that. When I grew up in St. Louis, there was something called the Vada Ear. The, the Mart Asra was in charge of that, but they took care of if uh, poor people came to town, immigrants, uh, the Kashrus, everything was under, well, you might say the Rabbanut does that here in Israel, right? The Rabbanut in various in cities or the general Rabbanut takes care of those things. I don't know if they take care of the poor. There's other uh, safety nets and social services, but basically it was uh, the, 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 the Parnassim took care of all the needs of the city, whether, you know, all the, whether they were ritual or social matters or whatever. And so these, sometimes it's high in the so you have to take care of the poor. So if, you, if just making wicks gives you uh, tremendous accreditation, certainly uh, if you take care of these matters. So that's how we tried to convince him. But the Gemara doesn't record if he was successful or not. Ben Arzal so he said Ben Arzal was in charge of the symbols, like the musical instruments in the base of Mikdash. like we learn, like we learn elsewhere, also either a Gemara in Yuma or a Gemara in Tumid, this is in Tumid, when the Kohen Gadol went to make pour the libations, so the Skan Basudran uh, he like waved a uh, handkerchief or a flag of some sort. The Hikish Benarza that when he when they saw that when they saw the Skan Kohen Gadol the assistant Kohen Gadol when they saw him wave the flag that was a sign that Benarza started playing the instruments. He started you know hitting the cymbals together. Hugris Ben Levi Alashir he was in charge of the of the singing. He was the cantor the Chazan. He knew how to sing very well. He had a very good voice. He would, when he would uh, raise his voice in song, he was, uh, he was very, very melodious, very sweet. He also knew, like some people know how to put their fingers or their thumbs in their mouth and whistle different tunes. He was able to put his thumb in his mouth and therefore, and it would produce different kinds of songs. Well, you call Echav it was it was so great that it's, that the Kohanim, uh who heard him Niskarlo Basrosh, they sort of you know they went along with him. They 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 waved their you know they uh, they shook back and forth you know singing along with him. They they were they were um, encouraged uh, when they heard his voice. You know it was so nice that they also joined in. 
This is the famous one we talk about. Beis Garmo was in charge of making the lechem upon him. They were the ones who knew how to make the, the loaves each week. And Beis Aftinas were in charge of the, um, the compounding the, the incense, the ketores. So first we deal with Beis Garmo. These are the last couple ones, I think, in the Mishnah. Beis Garmo, Aftinas, Lektores, and Lothar Prochus. No, the last, not the last ones. It's like the 12th and 13th. So number 12 was Beis Garmo, how you became the Maise Lechem. Ha'ponim, they, they know how to make lechaponim v'ridoso, and removing it from the oven. You see, if you make the loaves, these were very thin loaves. They were really like matzah. They, they were, you know, what maybe like the temani matzah, meaning they weren't really, they weren't, they didn't rise. It wasn't, they weren't chametz. They were, you know, they were made like matzah. So um, they were experts in that, and not only making it, but they knew how to remove it from the oven. If you didn't know how to remove it from the oven, you would tear it when it came out. So they know how to do it. For they didn't want to teach others. It's a famous story that Beis Garmo made the Lechem Aponim and Aftinas who made the, uh, the Dibnak Torahs. The fam- this was a family secret. They knew how to do this, but they didn't share their knowledge with others. Shochacham, and you know, so you know, they, they had a monopoly, basically. So what do you do when there's a monopoly? You, 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 you make another shul, right? You hire other people. You try to break the monopoly. So they bought some experts from Egypt, from Alexandria, who were experts in making, they knew how to, they knew how to bake the, uh, the breads, what they call the show breads, and, and removing from the oven, but removing from the oven, they didn't know how to do it. They weren't able to. Farshavir says that the... Um, well, the Gemara is going to say. The Gemara is going to say here that how he did. Base Garmo, you must seek him the Vnim. They would, <coughs> they would light the fire on the end. They would fire up the oven on the inside. Verodim bebechutz, but they would move it on the outside. What does it mean, move it on the outside? Not the outside the oven. They had like an insert, like an insert that they stuck in the oven, and 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 they put the breads around the outside of the insert so that they knew how to bake it. When they baked it, the outside of the insert was inside the oven. So it was, it was hot and it was fully baked and they were able to remove then, remove the insert and, and the, after it was fully baked and then remove the, the, um, the breads without, without damaging them at all. And also didn't spoil because it was able to bake entirely. The Elu, but the ones from Alexandria, they would fire it from the inside. And they, they didn't have that insert. So they would try to take it inside. Why? Because they, they had to remove it before it was fully baked. Otherwise, it would stick to the oven and, and it would tear. So they removed it before it was fully baked. It was the only way they could do it. They didn't have the insert. And it would spoil. So once the Chachamim saw what would took place, that the Alexandrians weren't able to produce it in the same way, Look, we have no choice. Whatever Hashem creates is for his own honor. Shnemer called Paul Hashem. Everything Hashem does was for his sake. So therefore we have no choice. Nobody can, nobody can replicate what uh, the um, base Garmo, what the people from Garmo do. And therefore, they try to get them back. After they had dismissed them in favor of the Alexandrians, who uh, were able to share their knowledge and presumably work for less, and this is a typical commercial issue, right? They didn't want to come. Now, oh, now you want us back? 
after you fired me, now it's going to cost you. Now you see that, you know, haven't we all seen these kind of incidents in our lifetime, right? You get rid of the guy, say, yeah, he could, who, who, what are we paying him so much for? We can get these guys, there's other guys who could do it. Then they couldn't do the job. Then you got to get that guy back. Now he wants more money. Uh, they had to double his salary. Yud base Mona, you know, Originally, they took 12. Now they wanted 24. Rebuta says, they used to take 24. Now they wanted 48. You know, so they, in other words, now they, pay, they had to pay them double. It's not clear how much was that for a whole year or whatever. But, you know, but the point was is that you know, it cost them because now you had to pay them. Amrulam, Neimayinetam wrote some Lalame. Why don't you teach others? Amrulam, I'll tell you why. So they had a very good excuse. We have a tradition in our Family, Mavosenu, from our fa- from our far forefathers. Shabbai says also the Chor. We know eventually the base of Mitch is going to be destroyed. We don't want other people who are going to take over, meaning the Ovdei Avodah who are going to take over. We don't want them to see how it's done. They'll do it for their Avodah So, of course, the rabbis thought that that's just an excuse, a nice excuse. You don't want to teach. You're afraid the Goyim will learn about it, and so you're keeping it a real secret, right? But in this matter, in the following matter, they were mentioned praised. They were praiseworthy. Nobody in their family ever had fresh bread. So that you shouldn't say Shloyaomer and people shouldn't say Oh, they make lechem upon a base Look, they take some home, you know, put some in their lunchbox and they bring some home. No. So in their family, they always had coarse bread. They never had good bread. So that people shouldn't, again, like we'll see by Aftinas that you know, Yisrael. You have to have transparency. So nobody should say, "Oh, look, they got good bread in their house. They got it from the base of Migdash." So at least in that in that aspect, they were praiseworthy. Okay, base of Similarly, the same kind of a story with base of who made the uh, compounded the incense. So They used to make the pita maktoris, which of course we say that parsha every day. Pita maktoris, special mitzvah. Uh, it's a schus. Uh, they say it's for parnosa. It's a school for parnosa to say it from a cloth. That's why uh, people, a lot of people, have a cloth when they say the pita maktoris. And if you could see it right here, here's the cloth. You know, I say it every day from here. It's a special uh, school for parnosa. So they say from the pita maktoris the the compounding of the incense. And as we said, they do that, and it's done, they make 368 portions, and we discussed that before, how they, how they change the money. When, the new, when they change it, you know, if there's extra at the end of the year, they buy it, they, you know, they transfer the Kedusha, and then they buy it back from the new monies, so the Torah should come from the new monies. So this family made the Pitamak Torah, this Aftinas, and also the Mala Oshan. Mala Oshan, in the base of English, when they would put the incense down, the smoke would go straight up. That's Maloshan. And it was based on a certain plant that had this characteristic that when it's, when it's uh, fired up, uh, it, the smoke goes straight up, doesn't dissipate. And they knew, the base was, and the base of teams did not want to teach others. In other words, it was also a secret what that plant was. It was a kind of an herb, and you, know, you had to know what it was. Nobody could identify it. So so they didn't want to teach anybody else. So again, the rabbis there are the leaders in the base of Migdash, they sent, they brought uh, experts from Alexandria, who knew, they knew how to make the Torah also, right? They had all the various incense, they knew exactly how to make it, but they didn't know how to make 
they didn't know how to make this uh, include this uh, plant, this malosh and kolshu, which is one of the one of the incense, really one of the one, the herbs. This herb called malosham was one of the uh, one of the herbs that 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 you needed to compound the um the ktoras. So without it, they didn't they didn't know what that was. They didn't know how to, or they didn't know how to use it. And therefore, it didn't work well. The base of Tinnus, when they made the Torahs, it would burn, it would smoke, it would go straight up. And then it would go up to the ceiling, and then it would spread out, it would dissipate at the ceiling, go straight up, and then dissipate in all directions like smoke. But the ones, the Alexandrians, it wouldn't go up at all. It would just, you know, you would burn it and we just dissipate all over right away. It just spread out. It didn't go up. Kibun Sherechum, when the Chum realized that we shouldn't have fired Avtinas, right? Amru, the same thing we had by, by, the, by the showbread, by the Lechem Everything Hashem does is for His own. Anything called in my name, Lechvodi Barasav. It's a different posik, it's similar, right? But it's the same idea that. Uh, anything that's called my name is for my honor. I created for my honor. So again, they said, okay, Avtinas, please come back and you do it. You know how to do it private. They didn't want to come until they doubled their salary. They used to take 12. Now they wanted 24. Again, Rabbi Yehuda, the same machlokas. Rabbi Yehuda said, they took the same thing. They originally took 24. They gave him 48. Maybe these things happen at the same time, and like many and like many other uh, negotiations take place. Well, if you're paying if you're paying the lechem apanim guys twenty four, we want twenty four too. Or if you're paying them forty eight, you know that's how it works. You know, if you pay this pitcher, you know, five million dollars a year, I'm as good as him. I also want five million. Same thing. Why why don't you want to teach others? We have a tradition from our. From our forefathers, Shabbai says to the Charb, the 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 basement will be destroyed. So other people We don't want the game to learn. You know, it's a good excuse. They always had this excuse. Not everybody. They didn't like that excuse. The rabbis didn't accept that excuse, but there was nothing they could do. They had the secrets in their family. Ben Garma, ben Garma the Garma family knew how to make the lechem upon him, and Aftinus knew how to make the Torahs, and they wanted. But in this sense. There is, a, there is one matter in which they were praiseworthy. None of the women in their families ever had, were, were perfumed. They never used perfume. The, the, the Ketoras had a fantastic smell. Even the Alexandrians apparently could make the smell. They just couldn't make it rise. When, when they burnt the incense, they, couldn't, they didn't know how to make it rise. They didn't know the Malashim. You say Malashim Kolshu, right? So one thing you could say for Shvach, that they, they never went out perfume uh, so that people shouldn't say, Oh, you know, uh, look, look, uh, look, they took some of the incense home with them and uh, they're using it for perfume. If one of their, one of their family married a woman uh, from another place, he married another woman, married into that family, he said, listen, you're marrying us on the condition, you, should, you can never put on perfume because we have this problem. If we put on perfume, people will say, we stole it from the basement. People shouldn't say that they're perfuming themselves from the work of the, uh, from the compounding of the incense. Here he quotes the Pesach, you have to be totally transparent. I was once in Shalim, I found a young boy, 
Michel Beis Aftinas, from the family of Aftinas, from the compounders of the incense. Amartilo, Bni, Meiza Mishpachata, who, which, what's your family? Who's your family name? Amarli, Mishpachatplan, I'm from the family, you know, the Aftinas family. Amartilo, Benel Bosecha, the family, your family, the children of your of your forefathers, Lefish and Eskav and Rabbis because they wanted to increase their honor, right? By saying, look, you know, we, you know, we're, we're the only ones who know how to do this. Ulamai Kvod Shemayim, and to lessen the Kavod Shemayim, why? Because they're not concerned about the fact that, uh, uh, that you know, a lot of money has to be spent for them. You know, they didn't, uh, it's like a salary cap, you know, like uh, they took so much money. They weren't worried about taking a big salary, you know, sort of uh, extorting the base of Migdash. Because of that, therefore, their honor was eventually also lessened because the base of Migdash was destroyed. So they lost that, uh, they lost that, um, that monopoly that they had, right? Once the basement was destroyed, nobody needs, the, there's no more incense. And the Kvot Shemayim was increased. Now, how was the Kvot Shemayim increased if the basement was destroyed? So he brings down here that the, the Umo Sa'olam would say, look at God, this God is a God of truth, and his work is truth. Why? Because it's since the Jews sinned, he destroyed his own, his own house, and he, even for he, his own house was destroyed because the Jews sinned. And as he, he killed his own house, that shows that he's a, that Hashem is, is a truthful is a truthful power is a truthful leader because of this. Because he he'll even destroy his own house uh, for for uh, for honesty and for and for being straightforward. Because they the Jews sinned, so he destroyed the house. That's quote Shemayim was increased. Omar Bakiva, Sochli Shimon ben Luga. Uh, that Shimon Meluga told me a story. I was gathering some herbs. I was We were gathering herbs. Who? Who was we? Ani, me, and this young child of Vesaftinus. For Isiosa, and I saw Shabuch, I saw the kid crying. For Isiosa, and I saw also that he was happy. Right. Why did you cry? Because my father, my, my family no longer has a job anymore because the basement was destroyed, so we don't have any job. Why were you laughing? Because eventually, you know, our family will be restored. In other words, when the basement will be, will be restored, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have, we'll return to our original glory or maybe the tzaddikim will return the glory. I don't know if he, maybe he thought his family was tzaddikim. Mara Isa, what made you, why all of a sudden, if while we were gathering herbs, why all of a sudden did you, you cry and you laughed, you know, these things that you were reminded of? What reminded you of all this? He says, Mala Oshan Lenegdi. I saw this herb called Mala Oshan. Literally, of course, the word Mala Oshan literally means it lifts up the, uh, makes the smoke rise. Smoke rise, that's the name of the, of the herb, you know, they called it that. They called it that. Or they probably has some other, you know, Greek or Latin name like Kapushi or whatever it is. You know, some long name that ends in an I O U S or something like that. Uh, it and it, it's it's a uh, it's some fancy fancy word. But the but the, what the uh, what the herb does is it makes the smoke rise. And I saw that herb. Numesilo Bini, I said to him, uh, my son, Hareuli, show me which which one are you talking about? I'd like to know which which is that herb. You know, Amali told me, Rebbe, Mesaurus Biadevosai, we have a tradition in my family, not to show it to any people. We can't show it to any people. I'm sorry, I can't identify it for you. Amrabi Ochanan. 
I met an old man, Michel Beisaftinus, he had the recipe. He had the, in other words, he had the recipe in his hands. And as he had the Megillah that, sh- that listed all the various uh, ingredients, the various ingredients, the various herbs that went into the uh, Ketoros. And it also, maybe had, he had a Megillah there. Apparently it showed also uh, how, how, how to identify them. So maybe there were diagrams or pictures of some sort in this Megillah. Um, how to how, you know how to do it? You know the the samanim themselves and how to how, how much you have to use and produ- produce it, etc. Amali Rebbe Lisheva Haryabase Avot Snuin. You know, in the past we were a very uh, we kept this as a secret, very discreet about this. We wouldn't show it to anybody. We would only give it from family to family. We wouldn't show this Megillah to anybody. Right? We'd only show it among ourselves. Now that there is no family left anymore because uh, there's no more job, we're not really functioning anymore. There's nobody like tr- trustworthy to whom to pass it over to. You, you take it. In other words, this is Rabbi Yochanan, um, uh, who, who was this? Rabbi Yochman Nuri said that this man, old man from Aftina said, listen, we have no more people who are trustworthy who I can hand it over to. I'm going to give it to you. So, be careful with it. I'm, 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 I'm entrusting you with the secrets of how to produce this. Shabbat says, when I told this to Rebekiva, he started crying. His tears dropped, came down. We don't have to mention this, but we mentioned, we said they were praiseworthy, you know, in that they, they didn't wear perfume. But we didn't really trust what they said. Uh, you can't, they can't share the secret because, uh, you know, because the Goyim are going to find out and they'll use it for their Vardazara. He says, now that they've passed over the secret to us, we shouldn't mention them anymore for, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a derogatory way. And we have to assume maybe they were trying, maybe they were being, being careful. Maybe they just really didn't, maybe what they said before about if they let people know, we're afraid the Goyim will find out. Maybe they were really, uh, they were very being, they were being discreet. This that they were being discreet was they were being truthful. That they didn't want the Goyim to get their hands on it. As you see, he entrusted it now to somebody outside the family. All right, the Mishnah ended off with two more. Elazar al-Aprochus, Elazar was in charge of the curtain. Shayim Amuna al-Orgibrochus, he was the manager. He was the curtain manager. All the people who weaved the, who weaved the parochus in the base of Migdash reported to him. He, they worked for him. Pinchas Amalbish, he was the one who dressed the Kohanim. He was like their valet. Shayim Malbish, Big Tekun Ligdola. Maisa Bakoin, there was a story with the coin. Shehilbish Listeros Echad, who he dressed a general or, you know, some fancy soldier. And, um, uh, you know, they had all these kinds of fancy uniforms. Venasno Shmonazuk, he gave him eight gold coins for dressing him. Vistami Treas Rayav, they gave him 12. In other words, dressing him is an important function, yet they dressed very fancy in those days and all kinds of fancy clothes. And the dresser, the valet, was awarded, uh, was considered a Chashavah job. So Pinchas not only dressed them, made sure they were dressed properly, made sure they had the right garments, etc. That was his job. Says the Mishnahim Pochsin Mishiva Marklin. Now, in the when you have uh, when you're dealing with financial matters, you got to be very careful. You have to have at least seven supervisors, Vashloshik is born, and three treasurers. And we'll see the order of preference. They the supervisors were on top of the treasurers. They know some You never give an authority uh, like we saw talk about stucco boxes and things like that unless there's at least two people. You can't trust one person alone, except 
Where do you allow some authority? We said among the 15, uh, Benachi was in charge. He knew sort of a doctor. He knew when the Kohanim had uh, intestinal problems um, because they walked around barefoot, etc., and uh, uh, whatever the environment. So uh, he, he knew how to give them various potions and how to heal, heal them. So he was in charge of that by himself. And Elazar was in charge of the Prochus, as we just mentioned, the curtains. Those, those two guys, even though they acted individually, uh, the Robot Zebra accepted them. Now, other ones from the mission were also mentioned as individuals, but we'll see that uh, there were other people involved in those. When it came to money matters and things of, uh, of responsibility, they always made sure there, were, there was multiple people. So <clears throat> here, we, here the Gemara explains like this. You, don't, you can't have less than three treasures. Um, shiva uh, and seven supervisors. Tani, uh, Tani and Mishnei Katalikin. Sounds like two Catholics, right? That's what the word looks like, Katalikin. But it means this, I call, this is like the CFO. In other words, you had a treasurer who reported to the supervisors, who reported to the CFO. Hadoda says, that's why the Pasuk says in Yom, the Yechil Vezio Venachas Gezboren. Those three, they were the treasurers. Vasael, now we list seven people who were the Supervisor Asael, the Arimos, the Azevet, the Alio, the Ismachio, Umachas, Ubinayo, these seven Amarkon, those, those seven after, that were mentioned after the first three, those are the supervisors. Pekidin, Miyad, Konano, and they were appointed by Konano and Shimi Echav, those two brothers, right? Ketlingen, they were the CFOs. And they were all in the in the authority under under the authority and under the charge of Chizkiyo the king Vazaryo Nigid Beiselkim and and Azayo, who is the the Nigid is like the commissioner of the house of God meaning he was the Kohen Gadol he was in, in charge Hamelch uh, Kohen Gadol Kshu uh, So so they were the two Hamelch Gadol Kshu Chosem Gizbar. When the, when the Gizbar would want to uh, put something in the treasury, you know, he would, uh, to seal it up, when he would seal it, he would sign it, and he would give it to a supervisor. A Marco Chosen, and then the supervisor would sign it, and there's they have a little form there that, you know, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm guaranteeing, you know, $3 is being put in, I'm signing that. The Amarkel, the supervisor, would sign it, and he would give it to the Katalikan, to the uh, CFO. The Katalikan Chosim, he would sign, and he would give it to the Kohen Gadol. Kohen Gadol Chosim, Melch. He had this whole order that everything had to be double, double, triple, you know, quadruple, quintuple, everything was double checked. Chumatan, when they wanted to unseal, unseal it, take the money out. So Amelech Roh Chosim, Melch would check his signature on, on, the, on, the, on the seal, on that. Um, uh, as he uh, on the seal, Umatu, he checked it. It wasn't tampered with. He would uh, he would unseal it. Then he would give it to the Kohen Gadol. Rochos Matar, and they would go down the down the ladder. Katolik and Rochos Matar, the supervisor would she, she see his seal and and un, and and agree and and un, unseal it. Amarkel Rochos Matar and Gizbo Rochos Matar down to the bottom level. Here he says, the Mishnah didn't say, but here the Gemara says, when it comes to money matters, you have to have at least two. So it could very well be that when we talk about maybe there was also because they were involved in money. Maybe he had to buy the potions or the money for the parochus, whatever. But when it comes to money matters, you have to have at least two people in charge. Uh, for you know, to guarantee that there's uh, you know there's some uh, supervisory function that you know not to let one person who might cheat. Rav Nachman Shem Rav Shem Ramona 
Al Shem, why does it say, why two? Based on the Pesach, it says, V'hein mi'chos hazov hasatres v'hazagamah. And the Pesach in Shemot says, they will take the, 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 the gold and the, uh, and the purple and the, uh, you know, and the blue and the purple, they will take this, they, they is a minimum of two. Amar Avchama, Barab Chanina, Mipsola Shaluchos, now he tells you nothing, we talk about Moshe, the, the construction of the Mishkan, Moshe was a very, Moshe Rabbeinu was a very wealthy man. But <clears throat> how did he get his wealth? So there's different opinions. Rav Chamer says, Mepsolos Shaluchos Ha'esher Moshe. Moshe became wealthy from the fragments uh, of the Luchos, the Luchos Shnias, when they were carved out. Adol Siv, based on the Pesach, says, Psolachos Shnei Luchos Avanim. Carve out for you two tablets. And so when he carved them out, there were chips on the side. And these chips, it wasn't simply stone. It was really a precious stone, and it was worth a lot of money. And uh, and Moshe became a snapperinon. He calls that like snapper. Snapper. It's kind of a precious stone. And Moshe became uh, wealthy from that money. He was entitled to because Hashem said psalachosh nechosavanim psalachosh that he psalachosh psalachosh darshins. Not just that you carve it out, but the drush is the fragments should the leftover the leftover parts belong to you. Amar of Chanan machzav shalavanim tovus amagolus. Also, Hashem gave Moshe. In his tent, a quarry of precious stones and pearls. Baruch Hashem created for him mitochalo within his tent. From that, Moshe became wealthy. The pasuk says, "Vabito achrei Moshe." They looked after Moshe ad boel until he came into the oil. Tremor is a machlokus between two Whether this was whether the when the Jews looked at Moshe, did they do it respectfully or disrespectfully? One says shamefully. They looked at him. You know, for in shame, they disrespectfully. One said in praise, because they said, "Look at Moshe, Chamon Shakin. He has got he's got fat thighs. Look look at his thighs. Chamon, look at his legs. Chamon, look at his at his flesh." In other words, like he became achil min yodoi. He ate he ate from the Jews. Veshas min yodoi, and he ate and he drank from the Jews. Komadilei min yodoi. Everything that he has, everything he has, basically he uh, he. Um, um, you know, he, he took from the Jews. You know, he, he he embezzled everything. That's how he became wealthy. Some of the Jews said that way. Mandarus says, no, Lashmach. When the Poskis Vabitoch Moshe, they said it, Lashmach, he said, look at this great Sadik, right? It's a great Sadik. Look at the Tzadikim. It says, it's a Schus It's a great Schus for anybody uh, to be able to look at a Tzadik like this. Ashrei Azoch, Aliros Tzadik. Happy is the one who can see this great Sadik. Now, now we get into the nitty-gritty of when people let her bring karbonos. When they brought a carbon, we've learned many times, we learned, you know, you bring an ola, shlamim, you have a chif to bring a chatos, or an osham, and so rest to bring karbonos, a bachor, if it's firstborn of a shor of oez. How did they actually do that? Now, when they brought their karbonos, all olas and shlamim required nesachim with them. What are nesachim? When you bring uh, flour, oil, and wine uh, accompany them. But there are different amounts. Michael, what do we say every Rosh Chodesh? We say, you know, we say, uh, the par, together with the par, uh, you have to bring um, the musaf, right? Now, Keves is, is usually means a lamb. It could also mean a goat, a kid. So what happened was is that when the people would come, they would bring their animal or buy their animals, whoever whoever sold the, you know sold the animals. They had various uh, uh, you know distributors and suppliers near the base of Migdash. 
But to bring the uh, oil and wine and keep in a state of tower and the flour, usually you could bring your own, but they had, uh, in the base of English, they had suppliers there. In the base of English, the base of English took a responsibility for that, and you come in and you buy it. So, there were four tokens, and as you bought your money, it wasn't that, you know, you didn't go over and the guy who gave you the oil didn't take the money. They had a system to, to you know, to, to keep everybody honest, and it was a proper thing. You buy the tokens. So, there were four tokens that you bought, and we'll describe what you did with them. The cost of a lay in this, four to the four different kinds. You go, eagle, eagle is a calf, but we'll see it means any kind of a cow. Zachar, Zachar is a male, that Zachar is like Dichra, means an isle, a, this is a male sheep who is in a second year or above. That's a, a ram. That's a ram. A ram. So we'll call it Zacham. Gedi is a kid, or which is a, a goat, or a, a lamb. Vechote and a Mitzorah called a sinner because he begot Mitzorah, he got Saras because he sinned. And you bought one of those four tokens for whatever you needed. Mitzorah would buy the Chote, obviously. And whoever needed one of the, if you, if you brought an animal as an ola or a shlamim, or if you bought Mitzorah, Mitzorah has to bring with his chatos nashim, he also has to bring the libations. Uh, if you brought either the eagle or an ayol or a gedi, a lamb or a kid, and when I say, when I say lamb or kid, a lamb means, let's say, a, a sheep under one year old, and a, and, a, um, and a kid is a goat under one year old. So if you brought one of those animals, you, you, you brought this token. Now, the difference is, is that the eagle, as we said, eagle is a par. For a par, you needed three astronim of flour, right? And how much, and how much oil, and, and how much oil and wine? Veniskehem is chatziahin yelapar. That's six log. Six log of oil, right? Six log for a, a par. Three, ushlish uh, uh, a quarter of a hen, which would be four log for a ram. And Ravia Sahin, which would be three log for a kevis, that would be a kid or a, uh, or a, or a lamb. So there were different amounts, and therefore uh, you had to, um, uh, you know, get a, a different amounts. The eagle required, let's say, six log and three esronim of flour, and the, and the ram, which is, which is a, 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 male, uh, a male adult um, uh, sheep, had its amount because it had a it had a a third of a a third of a log or four a third of a log or four, I mean a third of a hin or four log and a two esronim and Igdi had one esoron and three log, so therefore there were different amounts they they were they charged different amounts obviously and whatever you bought your token with the token uh, you went and you got you actually got the supplies you got the oil etc. Ben Azay said there were five tokens. Uh, there were five Aramis custom. They were written in Aramaic, in Aramaic because that was the Lushan that they spoke. Egel, Dachar, Dachar is the same as Zachar, right? Is the ram, Gadi, Chote, Dal, Chote. He splits Mitzorah into a poor and a, and a wealthy one because the wealthy one bought three animals. He brought Ashim, Chatas, and Ola, and he had to bring a lot more oil, etc. Plus the oil, one log for, for, to, to put on his, um, on his thumbs and his uh, ear. So, um, so uh, th- that was what a wealthy one brought. The poor one, he brought birds. Birds had no sachem with them, but he did bring one keves. He had to bring one keves for the asham, and for the other ones, he brought birds. So, uh, so therefore, he had a different amount. So you don't just say for chote, you have a chote dal and chote asher. So what about the Tanakhama? We'll see. The Gemara will discuss it. Egel mishamish im nischei bakar. The egel was served was served for the nesachem of a of a, of cows. Gedolim tanim, whether they are Adult or small, 
Zacharm Nekevis, male or female, makes no difference. A cow is a cow is a cow. Even a shore, as we'll see, a bull is also, even from it's a baby, is also, even though we call it a calf, it has the same halacha in terms of uh, the nesachim the, the that went along with it. Gedi mishamishim nischeatzom. The gedi is for a young, young flocks, meaning gedol mitanim, whether they're large or, uh, you know, adult or, or small, zacharm Nekevis. Again, that's like a kid. Right was a kid, right? Uh, you know whether Gdolo right? However, however, the chutz except there's one exception because we just said whether we just said that the exception is a ram. In other words, if a goat is young or or, or adult, makes no difference. But if a sheep is a male sheep, uh, a female sheep makes no difference. Also, if it's young or, or old, but a but a uh, a fe- uh, in other words, um, like if it's a lamb or if it's a sheep, it's the same halacha. But a ram, which is a male adult, a male adult. Uh, with two, uh, in its second year or older, a ram is a different halacha because it requires two esronim and three lob. Um, uh, so that had, that's chutz mishalelim because that had its own token. That's what we said. Zachar or dachar is the is the token for the ram. Ail mishamishim nischei elim bilvad. Chote mishamishim nischei sholish behemos shomitzora. The three animals of chote had either the three the three the nesachim for the three animals of matzora. Mishum avakshus nesachim. Whoever wanted by nesachim, he had to bring nesachim because of your carbon. Holochetzah Yochanan. He went to Yochanan, who was mentioned in the Mishnah and Yud Gimel as in charge of the of the tokens. It's Yochanan shumun al chosmas v'nosl emosim. We give him money for that token. Umakabim and chosmas. We would get the token. Balu aitzal achi. He came to Achia. Achia was the one who distributed the actual uh, oil and flour and wine. Shumun al nesachim. He gives him the token. He got his nesachim. And that's our one. One person took the money, gave him a token, and with that token, whichever one, the four or the five uh, tokens, you went and you got your your supplies. Le'erev, in the evening, Achia and um, and Yochanan had to um, had to sit together. Le'erev, bonz eitzel said they sat together. Achia would pull out the, the tokens, and Makabel connected. He would get the money for those because he had to buy the supplies that he supplied. So he had to make sure they had to, uh, so to speak, reconcile the books at the end of the day. So the the amount of tokens that uh, that Achia got. Uh, he, he he demanded from Yochanan, give me the money for those tokens, right? You collect the money, he had to match up. In Pachsu, let's say he didn't have enough money. He had more tokens, that means that Yochanan lost some money. Some money went in, he got got lost in the middle of the day. The Yisham Yochanan had to make it up from his own pocket because he had to have enough, uh, you know, he had to pay me pay me for all the, all the uh, produce that I gave out. And if I, I produce these tokens, that means I gave these supplies out. You better get pay me for all those. And if it didn't match up, Yochanan had to pay it from us. If it was extra money, like we've had before, Hegdash always has the upper hand. If there was extra money, that went into the Hegdash pot. Let's say somebody lost their token. You know, the whole hullabaloo, you lost your token. So I said, I had a token. I lost it. You know, I, I want my supplies. I'm telling you, they wait till the evening. In Matsu, if it was found, if somebody found... Uh, you know, if if they if he if they found enough, there was extra supplies. In other words, uh, uh, there was extra amount because he had given out that, but there was an extra supply there. Not that, that, in other words, they found if they found it, they found the chosem, they would give it to him. If not, they wouldn't. V'shem hayom but they wrote the date on there because they because of the crooks. Some, let's say a crook, let's say you found the chosim there, you found the token, you walked around, people are walking around with animals and produce, etc., and you picked up a token, and you say, listen, I'll wait a few days, and I'll, uh, and, you know, and not right now, the guy who lost is probably going to claim it, so he's at the lost and found, and they're waiting to see if somebody picked it up, 
So if I pick it up now, they'll say it's his. No, I'll tell you what, I'll wait a week or two. I'll wait a while and then I'll come in one day and I'll get the stuff without paying for it because I found the token. So they would write the date on there. They would date stamp it. They write the date on it so that they would know he couldn't show up with it late. If you showed up today, there's a guy claiming it because he says, I lost my token. But if you wait a week or two and people forget about it, he'll show up. The token won't be good. Why did Benazi say you need one for the Chote Dal? Right? Why? Because, because here's the thing. Besides the, the, uh, the, the, um, uh, the oil and the wine that you needed and the, and the, um, and the flour, he had he needed the Log Shemen. He had needed Log Shemen that he needed to, for his, to put on his thumbs and his ear. So according to Benazi, there was a special, uh, th- th- that's why that token was different. The poor guy, uh, he, he, had, he, he had to have his log listed there too. The token represented his log shem that he's supposed to get. But according to Rabbanam, well, Rabbanam also agreed that the poor guy only brings one uh, lamb. He only brings one lamb because the other ones he brings as karbonos, right? He only brings for his uh, keves, he brings the one lamb. But what happened is, right? And he brings the Gedi with meaning he brings the Gedi, he, he uses the Gedi token. As the Rabbanu says, only four tokens, just use the Gedi one. And the Log Shemin he brings from his house, just use the same. Since he's only bringing one Gedi, so you can use the Gedi token. You don't need a special one for the poor. The Chote Ashir needs a special one because he's got three animals, so a lot more Nesachim go along with that. But the poor one, he could just use the one for a Gedi, and the Log Shemin he'll bring from his house. Niske. Rachama, how much how much nesachim are there for a ewe? That's a an adult uh, sheep, an adult female sheep, not as opposed to a ram. How much is for that? It's not listed. It says uh, so. How much is that? It says we learned We said that the gedi, the token for the gedi, which is a kid, use is used for sheep. Whether they are adult or or, or children, right? male and female. So therefore, an adult sheep, a you, <coughs> adult female sheep, a you, is the same as a as a as a lamb. The same thing. The pasuk says in the This is what you do for shor ha'echad. There's only one kind of shore, meaning adult or or a child. for one ram. or <coughs> a set could either be a lamb or a goat. Why does it say There's no difference between the nesachim of a calf or an adult, uh, 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 an adult cow or or a bull. Then you might say both flocks, meaning sheep. And goats need the sachem, and a cow needs the sachem. We find there's a difference between a lamb and a ram, <coughs> that a ram brings a different amount, as the Pasuk says. So we could also make a difference between the sachem of a calf and that of a full-grown cow. <coughs> no, it's all the same. A shore gets the same thing no matter what. The same amount, because it says, or for a ram. I might think, listen, if there's a difference for a, a, a male sheep between a one year old in its first year and its second year when it's a ram, so maybe a three year old also should have a difference there. All rams, any anything called a ram, it's called a ram as soon as it's in its second year, has the same thing. One, if it's two years old or three years old, it makes no difference. Oh, the sebak fasim, why did it say sebak fasim? Then I might think, 
if there's a difference between a uh, a uh, a male uh, lamb and a male ram, like maybe should also make a difference between a female uh, a female lamb and a female uh, adult uh, and a female adult uh, uh, sheep. Right, uh, and I say female ram. No, I said no, a lamb, female lamb. Right, you might think between a female lamb and a female adult sheep. Tamalomer or lesebek fasim. There is no difference between them, as we said before. Obeizim or with goats. Lomanemer shayibedinamay mutzan shachalik be nischei kevuslin of sayaf. There's a difference in a by a lamb. There's a difference between a lamb, a, a male lamb, and a male ram. Lekachmuch be nischei gedil nischei gash. There should also be a difference between a male kid and a male adult goat. A tayish. There's no difference. All goats are the same, whether it's a small goat, a kid, or an adult. Just like that has three logan, just three logan meaning, which is a revia sahin, three logan. They wrote the date on there. Think about this. If they just wrote the date on it, like the, the, the Tuesday or Wednesday, so, uh, so, so what you could do is wait till next Tuesday and he'll use, he'll be able to cheat. Then it says, shame Mishmar, your customer. There were 24 Mishmaros. Every Mishmar basically served twice a year. So he'd have to wait six months, right? So six months. So they wrote the Mishmar on it. So he couldn't come back next week or the following week. So they wrote the name of the Mishmar. Ah, but maybe, maybe he'll wait a half a year when that watch served again. So they wrote on it, shame Hayom, the day of the week, like Tuesday. Shame Shabbos, right? The name of the, of the week, meaning uh, which which month was it? Which week was it in the month? The second week of the month, and shame chodesh and name him of the month. They didn't have years, and they didn't mention they because they didn't count by years in those days like we do. You know, fifty seven eighty one. But they wrote the name of the day, the day. Then it was the day of the week, the day, the week of the month, and the name of the month. How you cost of a land? That would be pretty hard to match up. He'd have to wait for another year in which that mishmar served. And that day, uh, that day of that week and that month, that would be pretty hard to match up. That would be too much to, to ask. It's possible, in theory, you could look at a calendar and you could work out, but it, would be, it wouldn't be very common. It would be hard to find. So therefore, that was how they used to protect it from, in case somebody lost their token, you shouldn't worry that you know, nobody could use it the next day or the next week. It would be pretty hard to use again. So therefore, uh, that would, uh, that would, um, uh, that would um, keep the... The, the crooks from, uh, you know, from taking advantage of the situation. All right, tomorrow we'll start from this Mishnah on Tesvav. Have a good day, everybody. Kol Tuf.